Hello ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and everyone in between. Welcome once again to another episode of So I Married a Horror Fan. This is episode 83. Uh, and today we are looking at a fun little film. Um, as always, I'm one of your hosts, I'm Lee. And I'm Simon. See what we did there? We did a little bit of, little bit of body swap humour because today yeah. we're talking about Freaky from 2020. Also, I'm ridiculously hyped because as we are recording this, we're recording this a little bit ahead of schedule. Uh, the news has just dropped that Samara Weaven is going to be in Scream 6 and I think I did a little cry. So I'm going to be very excited while we record this episode. How do we feel about, before we get into Freaky, how do we feel about Samara Weaving in Scream 6? Oh, anything with Samara Weaving is a gift. Mate. She is the love of my life. Have you seen the fucking ridiculous cast, while we're on the subject, have you seen the ridiculous cast for Scream 6? No. So, Jasmine Savoy-Brown's coming back, Melissa Barrera, Jenna Ortega and Mason Goodin are all coming back from Scream 5. Fair enough. Uh, Courtney Cox is going to be in it. Um, Hayden Panettiere is coming back from Scream 4. Dermot Mulroney is going to be in it. And then they've just announced uh, Samara Weaven and Tony Reviolori, who is the guy from the Grand Budapest Hotel, and he plays Flash Thompson in the most recent um, Spider-Man trilogy. Can you imagine that motherfucker's Ghostface? <laughs> I kind of want Samara Weaven to be Ghostface now. Now that I know she's in it, I'm just like, make her Ghostface, do whatever you need to, make Samara Weaven Ghostface, job done. Um, but yeah, I'm very excited to uh, see the movie that everyone is dubbing Ghostface Takes Manhattan because it's going to be set in New York. I'm very excited. March 31st, we will find out if uh, Radio Silence can continue their hot streak, ready or not. Five Cream, this one. All I'm saying, mild spoilers if you haven't seen Scream, if they can bring back people from the dead. Hmm. Jack Quaid. Handy in Pop World. Mate. Just saying, that's my boy. Anyway, we're not here to talk about Scream 6. That's going to be another video entirely in a few months' time. We are here to talk about Freaky. So hit me with some Freaky knowledge. Some Freaky knowledge. Okay, so Freaky, as you said, released in 2020. Whoop, whoop. It is starring... <clears throat> Vince Vaughn as The Butcher. Catherine Newton as Millie. Celeste O'Connor as Nyla. Misha, oh my god, Osherovich. Osherovich. Osherovich as Josh. Emily Holder as Sandra. Uh, hang on, because this is not in any helpful order, is it? Of course it's not. <laughs> I don't know who Sandra is. She was just the next on the list, and I realised not somebody I needed. Uh, Dana Dory as Charlene or Shah. Katie Fitteren as Coral or Coral Mama Millie. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Uriah Shelton is Booker Strode. Booker. Booker. And I think that's kind of it. Yeah, and then there's those cast. like other knob high schoolers, but we don't really need to know who plays them. Yeah, basically. Uh, synopsis for this movie is After swapping bodies with a deranged serial killer, a young girl in high school discovers that she has less than 24 hours before the change becomes permanent. Also, this movie was made on a $6 million budget, and mm -hmm. it made $16.2 million at box office. Yeah, released right in the middle of the pandemic. Yes, slap uh, bang. 
it was a home video and cinema hybrid because it was HBO Max and cinema at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was about, I think it came out in October 2020, I think that's right, or November. Yeah. Um, and then there was like a seven or eight month delay because it didn't come out in the UK until June 2021. Um, in one of those rare instances where it wasn't like a worldwide release. I think at the time when it came out, uh, there was a lot of like cinemas over here shutting down yeah. and then reopening and shutting down and reopening. So I think they postponed it. Um, and then we got it in June. Yeah. Also, it was directed, if I didn't do that bit, by Christopher Landon. Yeah. And it was written by Christopher Landon and Michael Kennedy. Yeah. Because there's a really funny story. So I follow Christopher Landon and Michael Kennedy on Twitter. So for those of you guys of you that don't know, Christopher Landon obviously wrote a bunch of the Paranormal Activity movies. He did Happy Death Day. Happy Death Day, Happy Death Day 2, Zombie Sky, Zombie to Scout Sky to, to the Zombie, zombie Apocalypse. apocalypse. Um, and he worked with Catherine Newton on a Paranormal Activity 4. Uh, Michael Kennedy is a writer and producer. Um, he actually broke the cardinal rule. He talks about this on Twitter. Uh, if you don't follow him on Twitter, it's fucking... He's a gift. Uh, he is the biggest slasher fanboy you could ever wish to meet. Um, and he's just really, really entertaining. But he was saying that he actually sent the script like unsolicited to Jason Blum. He's like, which you're not supposed to do. He's mm. like, I tracked down Jason Blum's information on the internet and like sent him the script unsolicited. And that was basically how the script got to him and then got to Christopher Landon because Christopher Landon did Happy Death Day for Blumhouse. Um, and then obviously he's just written off of the back of the success of this movie. He's just written another movie called Time Cut, which is basically described as being like Scream meets Back to the Future, which is whereas this is like... Friday the 13th meets Freak. Um, well, Freaky this Friday. movie was nearly called Freaky Friday the 13th. Yeah, which I think is an amazing title. It was also nearly called Body Swap as well. Yeah. I think Freaky Friday the 13th is like... It's, it's exactly what title. this movie is as well. Yeah, and there are so many homages to oh, like, yeah. Friday the 13th in this movie. Scream, uh, like a bunch of... I like, know what you a, did last summer. Yeah, there's like a bunch of like Halloween, uh-huh. Booker's surname... Which is also the same... Uh, American Werewolf in London. Yes. Millie's surname. Which is also a... Uh, the sur- the surname that Booker has is the same surname that Michael Kennedy's dog, Scooby, has. Mm. His dog is called Scooby Strode. Cool. Which is awesome. So, I'm going to start with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, what were your... So, you didn't want to see this I movie, right? Let's 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 get let's, let's just not talk about... You weren't interested in seeing this movie no. at all. Um... So you kind of already had a boulder on your shoulder for this movie mm-hmm. going into it. What were your first impressions of this movie after having actually watched it? It's not as bad as I thought it would be. Right, I want to be very clear. Okay, so I didn't want to watch this film. So I have a thing. Of if people big up a film to me, I won't watch it. If you say to me, oh, it's a good film, you should watch it, I'll probably give it a go. However, if you're like, oh, it's great, you really need to see it, it's so funny, it's amazing. I've watched it like 30,000 fucking times and I put it on every minute that I have free in my life, Simon. Um, I will basically point blank refuse to watch it. It's why I've never seen the running one, uh, Forrest Gump. <laughs> the, the, run- <laughs> the running one. <laughs> so I've never seen Back to the Future. Like, I'm really... I always think films like that if someone's gonna hype them up a lot they're never gonna live up to the hype that people give them 
it's why if ever I recommend a film to someone, I'm like, I really enjoy it. I think it's a really good film. Like, you should probably see it, but you might not enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I'm always very... I tone down a lot when I recommend a film to somebody because I'm fully aware that I won't watch something if someone really hypes something because I don't think it'll live up to it. Um, see also for me Elf and Step Brothers. Yeah, I've never seen Step Brothers. Um, I've never seen Hot Rod. Hot Rod is funny though. I've never seen what's the one with McLovin? Super bad. Yeah, never seen that either because they were like everyone was like, oh, it's so amazing, you need to see it. Haven't watched it, refused to watch it. Is this part of the reason why you also didn't want to get Maliggy with it, wasn't it? Yeah. Didn't want to watch Malignant for the same reason. Um, so going in, I was basically expecting this movie to not be as good as I've been led to believe. It is not as good as I was led to believe. <laughs> but it's not also as bad as I think you were fearing it would be. Yeah. Right? But the problem is you'd hyped it so much it was never going to live up to the level of hype it has been given. Yeah, I think for me though, I I love I love it so much because... It's everything I want from like a movie. Yeah. And also, I you love Catherine heart Newton. Vince Vaughn. Oh. And so. Catherine Newton. I mean, sure. <laughs> She's not half the person Vince Vaughn is, though. That's fair. That's fair. Um. So yeah, what 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 were what were your initial thoughts? Let's just kind of go into it. Like, what were your initial thoughts watching this? What did you like? What didn't you like? Like. Give me give me some context as to what your first viewing of this movie was like. Um, I quite liked it. I thought it was quite fun. Um, I really liked Vince Vaughn in it, which is not a phrase I say very often because I'm not a huge Vince Vaughn fan. Are you not? Nope. Hmm. In fact, I don't think there's a film of his that I actually like. Wedding, really like. Wedding Crashes. Nope. Old school. Nope. Not the remake of Psycho because nobody nope. likes that. Huh. I honestly don't think there's a Vince Vaughn film that's like in my top hundred movies. Oh wow. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of him. I think just because I'm not, I'm not a big comedy fan in general. So mm. I'd rather watch a rom com. And let's be honest, he did do one of those. Did he? The breakup, Jennifer Aniston, two thousand five. Nope. You never that's seen... that's the one where he becomes. She starts dating Vince. Well, no, someone else to get over mm. to get back at Vince Vaughn after they break up, and he ends up stealing her boyfriend, isn't it? Kind of, yeah. Yeah, I think no. Fabs is in it. I love Fabs. Mm. Um, so I'm not a massive fan of his, but he's, he's he is very enjoyable in this. But he's playing a Vince Vaughn character. Yeah, he's not really had to stretch his acting muscles, <laughs> has he? Um, I really like Catherine Newton in this. I think she's a great actress. Um, I really like the two kids who play her friends. Um, I can't think what either of their names are. Celeste O'Connor. Celeste and Misha. Misha. They. Are both great actors. Yeah. And uh, obviously Celeste O'Connor, we saw them in Ghostbusters. Yes, they're great in Ghostbusters as well. Um, they're both those do a really good job. I love the kid who plays um, Booker. Booker. I think Booker's a great character. It's fun, it's dumb. I really like Freaky Friday, so I enjoyed that part of it. Um, the kills are really fun. And there's a lot of homages to other slasher movies and all of the kills, which I think is great. Mm -hmm. Because there's obviously, there's like, I Know What You Did Last Summer kill. There's a um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre kill. Yeah. Uh, There's one that references Jason Voorhees as well. Yeah. um, There's an actual sequence in this that's from Friday the 13th, the final chapter. It's the scene at the beginning where he busts through the door. 
Jason does that in Friday yeah. Fredrick Popcorn. And also he does the uh, Jason head tilt yeah. after he kills um, the girl by impaling her on the... And then that's where you get yeah, the scream yeah. reference so when the parents come reference. home and the mum screams. Yeah. Um, there's loads of fun references in it. I just, I don't think it's as great as everybody seems to think it is. Like, it doesn't have a rewatch value for me. Mm. Yeah, I can, I can, I can see that. Um, I think the one thing this movie does do, and this was a really surprising thing when I watched it, because tonally it's very, considering it's written by different people, you can tell, obviously, the parts of it that Chris Landon had a hand in, because... It feels very much like Happy Death Day in places. Um, the brand of humour is very similar. Um, one thing I wasn't expecting the first time I saw it, and maybe I should have done, given the fact that it has a like very strong gay LGBT creative team, yeah. is the level of like representation in this movie and how well they deal with... like. Not only representation, but like other sort of situations as well. They deal with like self-worth. They deal with like empowerment. They deal with like um, they took they talk about like um, the consequences of like being a date rapist in this movie, like closeted homosexuality. Like there are some really interesting scenes in this movie where you're just like considering it's like a fucking like dumb comedy movie. There's like some really touching moments in this movie where you're like. I didn't see that also, coming. Also, just for the sake of representation, because definitely pansexual. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also, fucking people, man. also, I'm massively into the reverse coming out scene, which is fucking hilarious. <laughs> where the, straight. Yeah, and his mum's like, no, you're fucking not. Fucking lie to me, you lunatic. So what, just as a fun aside for you, I went through a phase when I was maybe 17 where I, I, I feared for a short period of time I was straight. I don't think I've ever told you this story. <laughs> and um, so I had a... I was dating a girl at the time. And it turns out she was just a little bit too full on and it basically scared me yes. into, like, I wasn't ready for that level of, like, commitment. Mm-hmm. But I, I had a moment of comp- pure fear where I thought I was straight. And I rang Nicole crying. <laughs> and I'm on the phone with my best friend going, oh, my God, Nicole, I think I'm straight. Like, what do I do? And I remember Nicole just going, Lee, you're not straight. <laughs> you are not straight. But she was like, but if you were, I'd still love you. <laughs> yes. Which was so funny. Um, but yeah, no, I, I wasn't, obviously. It's the weirdest moment of my life. And like, the thing is, is like, that was my moment of fear. I was like, I'm going to have to go to my mum now after having come out and go, mum, no, actually, I'm straight. <laughs> nice. There you go. So I have I have a straight coming out story, which is a weird sentence to state. But yeah, this this movie has a surprising amount of heart in it. Yeah, I think like it deals with a lot of tough subjects. It deals with like the loss of a parent and how that affects families. It deals with like alcoholism and what it's like having like an alcoholic parent. It also deals with the ideas of like people coming out, not coming out. Um, because there's that sequence with the football player where he's like trying to kiss Josh, yeah. and then like he lashes out. You know, there's the there's the scenes of like there's a couple of really nice scenes because the thing I the thing that like I like about this movie, one of the things that I really like, and it gets buried under everything, is how Millie being in the butcher's body 
empowers her to be like the person she's always been afraid to be yeah like there's the scene where she's talking to her mum where she doesn't her mum doesn't know it's her but she actually finally gets to tell her mum how she feels about losing her dad and they get to have that conversation that they've not had yet oh yeah and then her mum asks her out on a date yeah which is fucking hilarious they can't have married (laughs) and then she obviously gets to tell like booker that she's in love with him and like about the poem and they have the moment in the car. Oh man! Which is really funny. Super cringy. Um, it's 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 a heartfelt scene. That's like it's played for laughs, but at the same time, See, you're like this is a really nice scene. The Booker scene for me is a. It's just really cringy, just because it's Vince Vaughn, mm-hmm. which not into. Uh, but I feel like it's one of those really sweet moments that. <sighs> There's certain sexualities that don't really get much representation in movies. Um, anything that's like bisexual doesn't get a lot of rep. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a huge thing a few years ago about bisexual um, erasure in media. Uh, pansexual has basically only become forefront in a lot more people's minds in isn't, recent years. Isn't Deadpool canonically pansexual in the Deadpool movies? Uh, I think so, yes. Okay. As I was going to say, because he is in the comics, right? I couldn't remember if they yeah, translated that sure. to the films or not. I don't think it's ever really addressed, but obviously it's referenced a few times. And it was nice to have that moment of where Booker is like, I'm in love with Millie, regardless of what Millie looks like. Yeah. Or who Millie is. It's that physical person that I'm in love with. I think... Which what... I love, and I think it's a really great representation. It kind of... It's something we, you don't see a lot in media. Of um, like, It's normally like, oh, I like them because they're a girl, or oh, I like them because they're a boy. It's never, I like them because they're that person. Yeah. It's like you. I love you to bits, but I wouldn't care if you... You love me to bits, but it's not because of my bits. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't care if you were a man or a woman or transgender, whatever. What if I was a seahorse? Not into animals. But it would make us having babies a lot easier on you. It would, because you'd have to squeeze them out. That's, if we were both seahorses, I'd still love you. It reminds me, like, this is an extreme version of it, but it reminds me there's a scene in one of the Justice League animated movies where you find out that Constantine's been in a relationship with King Shark, and he bottomed for King Shark, which I think is really interesting that they... Yeah, technically King Shark is male, but... He's, he's a shark. He's a shark. So I'm like, does that technically... I mean, he's humanoid, so... I was like, that that kind of counts as some kind of, like, pansexual representation, I guess, in I a mean, weird in a, in a, kind in of a way. In a, in a, in a hyper-stylized, like... Comic Where way. all of these people exist, kind of, like, yeah. situation. It's very, very strange. Yeah. Um, not to say that being pansexual is strange, but, like, a man it, admitting it, that he's it, in love with, with a shark, shark is a bit... I mean, he's... he's... He's mostly human. He's just got a shark head. Uh, no, he looks like that. He looks like he does in the Suicide Squad. So mm. in the, I mean, he's still mostly humanoid though. Yeah, but like that's what I was trying to say. Like he's mostly humanoid. Like mm-hmm. it, okay, he's shark coloured and he's got a shark head, but he is mostly humanoid. Hmm. It's still odd, but yeah. So you go off, I guess, Constantine. <clears throat> but yeah, it's kind of like there are some there are some moments in this movie where you're just like. It's very rare when you watch a horror movie and you can kind of say that is obviously come from the writer's real life. Yeah, there's some really lovely moments of representation in this film. I think my favourite is when they have the the pronoun conversation in the kitchen when they refer to the butcher and Millie's Bobby 
Millie body. Bobby. <laughs> Millie Bobby Brown. <laughs> and the picture of Millie's body as a she. And then it's Nyla, I think, turns around and she's like, pronouns, guys. Yeah. And they're like, he? Yeah. Because technically they are like the same people that are just in different if, yeah. in different. Yeah, so the butcher's still a he, even though he is now in Millie's body. Uh, which I think is really good. I love the fact that they're like, we can't, he is a murderer, but we cannot misgender him. That is not fair. Yeah. Which is a good lesson for everybody to learn, in all honesty. Yeah, it, and it's like, it was really it was really nice when this movie came out that it sparked a lot of like conversations because I saw... I saw all your usual think pieces of like the slasher movie is back, blah, blah, blah. But it was nice that people were having the conversations about like the representation and like there were conversations about like potential trans identity as well because it's a man in a woman's body and all that sort of stuff. And people were having those kind of conversations of like seeing her become empowered in a different body kind of gave me an awakening to realise that like I was in the wrong body, even though that's not the message of the film. It's nice that people were looking at it and taking those kind of things away from it. Yeah. So I do think, as much as like this is a this is a horror movie, it did a lot of uh, interesting things in terms of opening up wider conversations about acceptance and things like that, which was really really cool to see. Thing is, though, is obviously I've only started watching horror movies recently, um, as we all know. Um, I say recently; it's been over a year now, like like eighteen months. We're getting we're getting deep into the horror movies now. Yes. Um, but like I have found this running theme of like horror movies will generally touch on things that mainstream films mm-hmm. don't really want to address. Yeah. Um. I mean, you look at a lot of stuff that like even things I won't watch so I won't watch like things like I spit on your grave and stuff like that but that those movies although I won't watch them because they make me dreadfully uncomfortable deal with you know being a survivor of something like that and the damage and trauma it can cause a lot of mainstream movies will never even now touch on that Mm -hmm. because it's not something you talk about I think the closest you get with stuff like that is soap operas yeah or you look at a film like um I had another film in my head and I cannot for the life of me remember what a film it is now I want to go talk about it. But do you know what I mean? Like they tend to touch on things that as a general rule. Um Purge talks mm-hmm. on like um politics and like societal expectations, uh the treatment of people of different race, like different class. Different classes, like a lot of horror movies and I think Freaky is one of the first movies I've watched in a while, not counting things like Love, Simon and things like that, that have honestly touched on things like sexuality and gender without them being a joke. Yeah. Like, it's... Okay, so... Misha's character... Josh. Josh is gay. It's one of the first things we learn about him. But once they've addressed the fact he's gay, it's kind of just like... That's Josh. They do make that amazing joke about the kill your gays and... And, and uh, yeah, black people not surviving yeah. to the end of the movie. Because like, I'm, I'm gay black, you're, you're black. You're black, I'm gay. <laughs> this is not going to end well. Yeah, which I think is really um, funny. Yeah, which is hilarious. And, like, again, there is a thing that happens in TV and film a lot. Like, especially kill your gays, because a lot of shows have been called out over the last few years of, like... Killing Eve. <coughs> Killing Eve. Uh, the 100. I haven't yeah. watched it, but I know... Alexa and Clara I think die in it mm-hmm. I haven't watched it but like it is it's a common thing of like the gay character will die in a show 
-hmm. because it's like an emotional punch and I'm like no you just don't want to continue writing a gay character we all know that that's the reasoning yeah. behind it um so I like that they address that and especially in horror movies as well like the gay and black characters do tend to die well this is the thing I love about this what with Christopher Landon and Michael Kennedy both being gay is that they are both able to address it from their own experiences but also put that little bit of their tongue in the cheek with like we get it we know do you like... know what's really funny is so um they got they really struggled to get like approval to use a lot of tech stuff in this so like search engines things like that the only thing that they had no issue getting the rights to use as long as the character was over 18 was grinder nice literally that was their one requirement was that the character has to be over 18 but you can use grinder fuck it i will tell you one thing <laughs> i will tell you one thing grinder has a surprisingly user-friendly interface which is something I wasn't expecting. Um, but yeah, I mean, not that... I feel like I should elaborate now. I no, you don't need to elaborate, <laughs> it's fine. But yeah, it does. It has a very, very, very user-friendly yeah. interface. Um, which is helpful, yeah. to be honest. And like, it, it makes me laugh. Like, this is the last kind of thing I'm going to talk about before we wrap this section up. Is It does make me laugh when people are like, oh man, fucking horror films are so woke. Or like, fucking politics or fucking like this that and the other and i'm like bro like feel like horror movies as you said will go to those places that mainstream movies won't go to that's why horror as a genre is so transgressive because it's not afraid to get political it's yeah. not afraid to get representative it's not afraid to to say and do those things yeah. And it pisses me off that the word woke entered our fucking lexicon and there are so many fucking people in the world that don't have a, a grasp of what that word means. All it means is showing empathy for other people that are not like yourself mm -hmm. and sympathising with the situation that they're in. It doesn't mean that characters and minorities and things are being shoehorned into stuff to make a political statement. It just means you walk down the street every fucking day. You see gay people, black people fucking like homeless people they exist they are in the real world they are therefore also entitled to be characters in to have fiction that you watch yeah because films believe it or not are representative of the world we live in um, one thing i do love as well actually just before we do move on and touch on it is so like, like the way you're touching on me right now touching you <laughs> touching me <laughs> touching me <laughs> yes um, so I just wanted to touch on it. So Josh's character, I do love that A, they haven't made him, like he, he is a little bit flamboyant, mm -hmm. um, which is fine. Like my, my dear friend growing up was exactly the same way, like a theatre kid flamboyant, but they don't make him bitchy, mean, over the top, which I wouldn't expect from what is essentially a mostly LGBTQ mm -hmm. production team for this. But it was nice to see them kind of touch on the fact that, yes, gay men can be flamboyant, but they don't have to be a mean bitch. Yeah, there is one There is one thing that they do that's really interesting in this film as well. Um, and, like, I thought it was a really interesting callback. Like, and I don't know if you noticed it. So there is a scene at the beginning when they're walking towards a school and he talks about, like, going to the prom. Because he's like, oh, you know, there's going to be, like, all those drunk straight boys that are suddenly going to realise they're gay. And she's like, oh, isn't that, like, a little bit rapey? And he's like, oh, have you seen what I'm dealing with in this town? And then that is the exact thing that happens to him when he gets put into an assault situation later on. And I was like, I kind of found that interesting that they, they set that line of dialogue up 
and then they pay it off in a way that you're not expecting. He basically got exactly what he wished for, mm. but in the worst way possible. Uh, and I thought that was really interesting because normally with characters uh, like minorities and things like that, sometimes they will be written in, in films in ways where they they don't say things like that because they don't want that character to be judged. Oh, he said this thing because they're gay or because of this. So they will try and stay away from those types of things. And I thought it was interesting that not only they had, they had the balls to write that joke in, but then also kind of pay it off in the most extreme way mm. later on. Um, but yeah, like the the thing the thing that holds this movie together for me is the the, the two leads. I think Catherine Newton and Vince Vaughn do an amazing job in this movie, and I don't think the movie works as well if you replace either of them. Mm-hmm. Um, Catherine Newton is great uh, as both the normal version of Millie, like shy version of Millie, and then when the she's inhabited by the butcher. Millie, yeah. um, and I also think that Vince Vaughn is really good um, when he's doing the comedy stuff. Um, like this, <laughs> the fucking scene when she discovers that how to piss and like oh, having yeah. a dick. And it's like... <laughs> And that's a, that that's thing. another great thing as well. That's another subversion. Because normally in films when a man and a woman swap bodies, it's always the man that gropes the the female body or looks at the female parts. Yeah. And I love the fact that in this one, they subvert it. Like he, as the butcher, doesn't give a fuck that he's in the body of a seventeen year old girl. No. Like he's not interested in like taking nudes or touching himself or like any of this shit. He's just as interested in like Killing people. laying low and like using the body to get away with stuff mm-hmm. um as seen in that sequence where they run into each other and he as millie screams and draws attention to millie as the butcher so that the police will come uh which is great um but yeah i think i think because of the concept of the film casting the two leads had to be perfect i mean the fact that vince vaughn's like six foot five and that's one of my favourite things because there's <coughs> numerous points where Millie's going to go walk through something and she hits her head and stuff and she's like, oh my God, I'm so tall. Yeah, like <laughs> when she hits her head on the tree branches. <laughs> and yeah, like that stuff is really hilarious. Um, and then obviously like the fact that he's still trying to kill people but not realising that he's being overpowered because he's in a, essentially a little girl body. Like, there's a scene where she... There's, like, the running tension between her and the fucking woodshop teacher because he's a prick. Um, and she goes to fight him and he, like, easily kicks her ass because she's five foot two and she's built like a piece of string. Um, and I really love that. I really love the dynamic of, like, how they basically took the two extremes of, like, we'll put a tiny girl in a giant man body and a giant man in a tiny girl body and then see what happens. But I also love that um, the butcher is Millie finds a workaround for the fact that she is physically weaker than some of the people she's yeah. attacking. He's attacking. He finds a workaround to get around the fact that he is now smaller and weaker than a six foot dude. Mm-hmm. Like, and I like that because at no point do you fear the butcher any less because he's in Millie's body because he basically just goes, okay, so I'm not as strong as I was, better get bigger weapons, better take people by surprise more. Like, there's never a moment where you're like, oh, well, he's less threatening now because he's a tiny little girl. It's like, oh shit, he's a little bit worse now. 
Yeah. Because he's found little sneaky ways to get around doing stuff. And he can lure people into like a full sense of security. Yeah. Because... Also, I, there's a missing scene in this movie that I wish existed. Mm-hmm. Because Millie shows up at school the day after becoming the butcher. And he's in her body and he arrives at school with his hair up, makeup done, he's got a bra on. I want the scene of him figuring out how the fuck A, to put a bra on. Mm-hmm. And B, do his hair and makeup. Because I'm not being funny. Her eyeliner is perfect. His eyeliner is perfect. And his makeup is on point. But, like, why does the butcher know how to do that? <laughs> yeah, I mean... Did he did he get up a YouTube tutorial to do his makeup? Like, maybe he's got kids. I mean, we don't really know a lot about it. I no. doubt it. He seems to be living in the fucking old mill. So... <laughs> he's like living in the fucking swamp. She makes a reference to him smelling like hot dog water at one point, which is really funny. <laughs> um, yeah, like, I, I think you're, like, bang on. I think I think some of the kills that the Butcher gets away with in this movie, because nobody's threatened by Millie, like, because she has, like, always been, like, this the weird little kid that everyone, like, doesn't like. Some of the kills in this movie are, like, I don't want to say they're accidental, but they're, like, they're not ones that he slash she has to really commit like Ryla's one. Oh, she gets put in a fucking cryo thing and mm. she just turns it on and then like that's it dead um i also my favorite kill in this movie is the buzzsaw kill i like that's a fucking all-timer but then again that is like her she swings off of a chain and like kicks the teacher into the to the thing um which is great and the chainsaw kill when she kills the three like would-be rapists also, though, um, as we've discussed in a previous episode, Maliki with it. Um, did you notice that the butcher tends to kill off people that were making Millie's life difficult? Yeah. Because he kills the shop teacher. Mm-hmm. He kills the three football players who've been bullying her. Yeah. He kills the popular girl who picks on her constantly. Mm-hmm. Like, and then he kills the football player who tries, tries who hits on Josh as well. Like, the butcher's out there doing God's work for Millie. He's just like, these people are mean. I'm going to kill them. Yeah. Cause Which means got... that when Millie gets back to school, she's really got it easy. <laughs> I also do wonder in these sort of situations how much, like, cognizance the person who has the other person's body, like, has. Like, I know the butcher's in Miller's, Millie's body, but, like, is Millie also in there somewhere as no, well? No, I don't think so. I think they're completely separated. Yeah, like, that's... But co- I just love the fact that he has basically made Millie's life easier <laughs> She goes back to school. Yeah, but then you also realise there are scenes that do lead up to that. Like, there is that scene where Oh, yeah, no, I know. I'm fully aware that, like, he kills them because... They're all pricks. They're all pricks to him as Millie. Mm. Uh, But I do love the fact that, inadvertently, the butcher has made Millie's life a little bit easier. Yeah. It's just amusing to me. Yeah. I love shit like that. Also, I think maybe, like... He has morals, I guess. No, I don't think he does. Yeah, but like, he kills three dudes who are trying to like sexually assault her, and I'm like, okay, he's a killer, but like clearly he's not like down with rape. Like he's not a rapey killer. I mean, to be fair, I think he wanted to kill them anyway because they were dicks. Like, yeah, it just worked out quite well. Also, that is potentially my favourite moment. Yeah, I fucking love that is scene. Seeing these three jocks basically. Because what does he say? He's like, oh, well, you've got three holes. And there's three of us. And there's three of us. You do the math. Yeah. And then literally she, um, he empties the bottle of Jack, smashes one through the head, cuts one's throat with it, and then fucking chainsaws the dude in the dick. Chainsaw to the dick! And all I'm saying is it's a life lesson for any would-be rapists. Yeah. Yeah. 
putting it out there. Also, Michael Kennedy recently uh, put a tweet out saying that the main one is called Brett and the other two are called Squee and something else and they are named after Brett Kavanaugh, who is one of the SCOTUSes in America. I don't know what that Supreme Justice of the United States. One of the guys who voted against Rowan Wade um, and his two school friends who have all at some, I don't really care if this is liable or not because it's out there in the world but they've all been accused of like sexual assault many many times and, and they, they all voted against the turning over of Rowan Wade yeah and that's why they're all named after it and he he said that's why they all have those names and that's why they are all would-be rapists I love it and I was like that is a level of like petty that I but aspire I feel to be like. like this movie teaches, teaches an important lesson is just because because Millie is a small a small girl yeah because I think we can all agree Catherine Newton is a tiny human. She's like, what, 5'4"? Yeah, some of that. And she's not She's not built. She's a very dainty girl. Hmm. This should be a lesson to any would-be rapist. Like, even the smallest girl, if you piss her off enough, she can fucking beat the shit out of you. Hmm. All we need is access to a weapon. And I'm yes. just putting that out there now. It's easily doable. Hmm. And she kills... He kills the dude who's trying to, like, sexually assault Josh as well. Yeah. With a fucking hook in the eye. Mm. All I'm saying is stiletto heels can do a lot of damage. She uses a hook, doesn't she? Or he? Like, I mean, just in I mean, just in general, if ever you're in a situation, stiletto heels can do quite a lot of damage. Also, you made mention of the fact that Catherine Newton's tiny. I find it hilarious that she's playing stature in Ant Man three. Hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think like I, like I'm just trying to find other things to to talk about with this movie because. We should probably talk about the side characters. Yes. So her mum sucks. Kind of. Her mum... I don't dislike her mum. I... I think her mum is just a victim of circumstance. I sympathise with her mum quite a lot because her mum lost her husband. Yes. And is just struggling point blank to get back on yeah. any kind of even kill. Like She's trying to keep her daughter safe, run a job, keep a house... And she's lost, as far as we're aware, the love of her life. Like, she mentioned she really loved her husband. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really sympathise with her mum. I really sympathise with her sister. Yeah. Um, her sister's basically had to grow up a little bit too quickly at this point to basically make sure Millie is okay because their mum is still struggling. Mm-hmm. Um, which is kind of super sad. Yeah, like... When I say her mum sucks, I think her mum's just not very good at being a mum at the moment in certain scenes in this movie. Um, I wouldn't say that. Her mum is very... She's broken. Yes. And because of that, has become very um, clingy with Millie, specifically. Mm-hmm. Of, like, she doesn't want to let Millie out of her sight. She doesn't want Millie to do anything where she's not there. And I can understand that fully. Like, after losing a partner and, like, you would become so clingy to whatever you have left in fear that something would happen to them. Which I think is fair after what happens to Millie in this film, in all honesty. Mm. And Shah is the worst police police officer ever. I mean, not really. She's awful. She's really not. I don't know why you think she's so dreadful. Um, do you want me to count the ways? Yeah. <laughs> so she turns up at the football field when Millie's being attacked yeah. by old Butcher. Let's Millie get stabbed. 
Well, she doesn't show up until she's been stabbed. No, she shoots, Literally during... she shoots the gun in the air as he's stabbing her. Uh, I mean, it was only a single shoulder wound. It's fine. I mean... And at least she gave a warning shot and didn't just fire. Because she, she could have hit Millie. She gets locked up in prison. I mean, unexpectedly. It's not really her fault. She's a little bit distracted by a guy coming in and running and shouting. She... And a six-foot dude slams her into the cell. She also gets her bullets taken out of her gun at the end. I mean... Gets, nearly gets killed by the butcher. Why is, why is that? Because, I mean, she's not going to have her gun in her bedside table with all the, like... I'm assuming her gun would have been put in, like, the kitchen somewhere so that saying, no one accidentally got their hands on I it and he just emptied the bullets out of it. I don't think she's a very good police officer. I mean, I feel like you're judging her quite harshly. I don't feel like I'd be safe in Blissfield if she was running around. I mean, she's not the worst police officer on the force, so there's that. Because the two cops who chase him out of school are definitely worse police officers than Millie's sister. True. Mm. True. Putting it out there. <laughs> um, who else have we got? I really like Booker. We've discussed this. Booker is awesome. I feel like I know him from something else, but I think it's just that he looks like the dude from High School Musical, the musical yeah, series. Yeah, he looks like the guy from High School Musical, the musical, the series, the musical TV show. Also, um, just a heads up. We cannot say High School the Musical the Musical the series without saying the full title. Yeah. So that's the last time we'll say it because otherwise we're just going to keep saying it. H S M T M S S S A T M S. Oh my god, he's a baby. How old is he? He is twenty-five. Absolutely, get fucked, child. He is a tiny, tiny child. Oh, he's in Enter the Warriors Gate. Oh. He's also in the Looking for Alaska TV series. Based on the book by Peter Green, not Peter John Green. John Green. John Green. <laughs> The fuck is Peter Green? I have no idea. Fuck me. I think he's maybe the bass player for Fleetwood Mac, maybe. Maybe. Um, yeah, he's kind of like integral to the story. Um, he gets some cool moments in this movie. He, I think, I think they rely a little bit too much on him being the love interest, but he's not like a typical love interest. Like, I feel like everybody in this movie takes what Millie, like... There's one thing that I do find funny about this movie is everyone just believes when Vince Vaughn's like, hey man, I'm your little tiny friend. I mean, not they really. They believe it like him way too quickly. Not really. I mean, Nyla and Josh, Josh try fight to him. fight him. I mean, poorly, but they try, bless their hearts. And then they don't believe him until he's like got a favourite movie, favourite TV show, mm. favourite sweet. And then he does, and the... Then he does the secret handshake with yeah. both of them. And then um, fucking... <clears throat> Bricker doesn't believe it, believe her until she recites the poem that she left in his locker. Booker, Booker, Booker I need you to focus. Booker. Yeah. Um, I just think they're adorable. I think, I love, as well, weirdly, I love the chemistry he has with Vince Vaughn. Yeah. Which is a weird sentence to say. That kissing scene goes hard. It's just, it's very cringy. But just because, like, a, I did think the kid who played Booker was younger than 25. I thought he was maybe like 20, if mm-hmm. that. And obviously Vince Vaughn's like 52. 60 now. It's like 52 or something. And I'm just there like, this is awkward. Yeah. Not sure I like the idea of Vince Vaughn kissing a... In my head, I always <coughs> thought he was younger than 25, but I still don't know if I'm comfortable with Vince Vaughn kissing a 25-year-old, to be honest. I wouldn't be comfortable with me kissing a 25-year-old when I'm only 30. You old hag. I know. I, I couldn't do it. Like, legitimately, I don't think I could kiss anyone younger than me. 
What do maybe you... like a year, I guess. I hate to use the G word, but what do you think of the gimmick in the movie? Uh, I think it's funny. It works for the context of the film, um, but it's odd. Um, the whole, if you stab somebody with the, the dagger, it will transfer your souls. Uh-huh. It seems odd. And also the fact that, that like, I feel like, because the Blissville Butcher specifically goes to steal this dagger and then seems really shocked when he wakes up in Millie's bobby body and I'm like... Millie's Bobby? Mate, stop. Millie's Bobby. Millie Bobby Brown is not in this movie. <laughs> I know. It's because I've watched Stranger Things recently. My brain just goes Millie Bobby Brown. Um, and like he seems really confused when he wakes up in Millie's body. And I'm like, surely you would have, like, you specifically went searching for this dagger, I feel like. Mm. So surely you must have known what it does. But he just seems very confused. Yeah, I don't know if it's confused or annoyed. Like, I'd be pretty pissed off if I was, like, a big hench six foot five man and I woke up in a time. I know, but also, currently, you can get rid of all your murders. I know, but, I mean, that's not really the point, is it? I think I'd probably stop murdering. I think I'd probably just like chill. I think he likes murdering too much. Yeah. But also I wouldn't have lost my dagger. I would have definitely picked it up and carried it with me. Because then when you become a suspect for murder, you just pass on to the next person. Yeah, because that's one of the things you said at the end, wasn't it? It was like, her fingerprints are on all the murder weapons. Yeah. Like, how is she going to explain that away? Yeah. <clears throat> it's on the jack bottle. It's on the hook. It's chainsaw. on the chainsaw. It's all over the woodshop class, but that makes sense because she went to the woodshop. She went to school in the woodshop class. Yeah, and he was in the school at the time. Or really as the butcher was in the school. <clears throat> what do you think about them killing him off at the end? <clears throat> oh, thank fuck. I honestly, for a second, thought they were going to kill Millie after they could sequel bait and I was getting really annoyed. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to ask you the question now. Mm-hmm. Freaky death day. Yes. What do you think? Um, I feel like I would feel like about both of the films now i've seen both of them like they're enjoyable the first time through but i don't think it'd be a rewatch for me because i enjoyed it like, like we discussed the happy death day first time i watched it i really enjoyed it this <coughs> i've quite enjoyed my first watch but i don't think i could ever rewatch it now i feel also, like it just loses magic quite quickly how would you do freaky death day how would you do it would you have her and millie, millie teaming up to take on the butcher in a time loop Ooh. Or would you have her? Would you have Tree and Mi- Tree and Millie in the Butcher's body teaming up to take on Butcher Millie in the time loop, or would you have it the other way around? So it's Tree and Millie as they are taking on the normal Butcher in a time loop. Ooh, I mean, I don't think it'd be the Butcher though, would it? Because he's dead. Yeah, but like hypothetically, if he found a way. To like repeat the same day, like if he found if he found out the time loop, then he could just die and keep coming back and keep coming back. Yeah, what well, and Vince Vaughn, Millie. Yeah, and I think Vince Vaughn, Millie, and Tree would be funny. Would be funny, but I feel like they couldn't bring the butcher back at this point. Yeah, to do Freaky Death Day, or or you do it the other way, and you have Millie and Tree swap bodies. I feel like that loses a bit of comedy fun of it, though. Mm. Or Tree becomes the Butcher. The Butcher's dead. Yeah, I know, but, but like... You no, can, the you, Butcher's dead. I can't, I can't... You can write it any way you want to write it. I can't, the Butcher's I, I can't dead. imagine what fucking... Or they switch 
places with whoever is the baby face killer currently. Mm-hmm. The baby face killer gets his hand on the dagger. Mm-hmm. That'd be interesting. Although I can't imagine what... And goes after Millie, maybe. Tree's boyfriend and Booker teaming up would be like. Oh, my God. They would be adorable, but completely useless. And the movie ends with Tree, sad dad, and Millie, sad mum getting together, and Tree and Millie become stepsisters. That's how the movie opens. Mm-hmm. That's actually how it opens. That's how they meet. Because I kind of feel like Blissfield and Bayfield aren't that far apart. No, I feel like they're quite close to each other. Um, But yeah, I feel like Booker and I can't think Josh. Yes. From Happy Death Day. Oh, I can't remember. I think he's called Josh. I can't remember what the little dude's name is. I think he's called Josh. I feel like they would be completely useless, the pair of them. But they would be adorable by doing while doing it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because both Booker and Carter. Carter, dick. Are a bit useless. Mm-hmm. Then do you bring all the other people into it? Like, do you bring in like Ryan and the rest of the science guys who created the time loop thing? And do you bring back Josh and Nyla as well? Yeah. Or at that point, is it? Because like the thing is, like Happy Death Day Two, Happy Death Day to You ends with them taking the time loop thing. That company takes them, and then you see Danielle repeating the same yeah. day. I'm like. I feel like it's a crossover that has been discussed because they're both kind of like... Oh, it's been addressed. Like, it yeah, has like, been raised. Like, do they, like are, a... are they, like, in the same universe? Like, I think it'd be fun. I think it'd be cool. I, I kind of, at this point, though, just want a, an entire film that's just Brooker and Carter hanging out trying to solve shit because I feel like it'd go dreadfully badly for both of them and it'd be fucking hilarious. True or Millie? Mm. Tree. And who, what did we think of Millie as a final girl? I like Millie. Um, I find her far less interesting when she's Catherine Newton. Mm-hmm. She's far more interesting as Vince Vaughn. Yeah. It's a weird sentence to say. Um, Millie is far more interesting as the Blissfield Butcher. And Vince Vaughn is far more interesting as Millie. Yeah. So take from that what you will. I also don't really feel like we get much of her as a final girl. No. Because I think that's why they... Because, t- I'll be honest, the ending does feel tacked on in this it movie. It does. But I think that's why they tack the ending on, is so that you do kind of get her to have that final girl fight. Because she doesn't get to have it otherwise. Um, and I do like I do like the three generations of like Kessler women fighting the Butcher. I like, just feel like it was completely unnecessary. They could have just let him die in the ambulance. Like. Yeah. But I did like, I don't mind that scene. Like, I do feel like it is a little tacked on, but I just like seeing them all fight him. Like, I think that, I think it's just a cool scene. Mm. Um, But yeah, I think they had to do that to give her like her final girl moment to make her realise I am empowered. Like, I can be like who I want to be. I can be strong in my own body, blah, blah, blah. Um, Okay. What are your final thoughts on your rating for Freaky? Uh, I liked it. I think the acting's really good. I think the cast, the young cast especially, do a really good job. I say young like they're children. They're all like 25-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, I love how I think 25 is young now. That's just really sad. Um, <laughs> I think they do a really great job. I think Vince Vaughn does great Vince Vaughning in this movie. <laughs> um, the movie's really well shot. It's beautifully directed. Uh, the kills are fun. Uh, but I just I feel like it doesn't have any rewatch value, and for that I'm going to give it a four. You give it a four. I'm going to give it a four. Fuck. Because I think it's a good movie, and I, I like I'm really happy to see uh, a film that 
does representation does it well i think the cast are great i think like i said i think it's directed great it's really well written um but yeah there's just no rewatchability for for me at all so it's going to be a four cool i love this movie i completely disagree with you on the rewatch value um but that's just me i have watched this movie and malignant more than any other horror movie i think in the last couple of years Getting malignant with it. No, no, um no, no, no. i just think it's really fun really vibrant really fresh like I had to stop, I had to stop watching it for a while because at one point I was watching it every fucking day. Yep. Um, and then this is the first time I've watched it in a couple of months. That was that was when I started going to bed at like seven pm every night. Mm. She was like, "I'm not much freaky. I'm like, "Okay, we'll go to bed." And I just really, I really enjoy like the characters in it. I really enjoy the story. I really enjoy how like everything is handled. Um, yeah, I think it's a really well made movie. I hope to see. Like, I'm really in- excited to see what time cut is going to be like. You know, Michael Kennedy's follow-up to this, uh, Christopher Landon's producing. It has got a different director, but I kind of like... I kind of hope he doesn't become the gimmick guy. Like, I hope he doesn't become the, hey, this movie's like Freaky Friday. This movie's like Back to the Future. Like, blah, blah, blah. Like, I do kind of hope he doesn't become that this guy. This like Groundhog Day. Yeah. But I do, I do like the lighter side of Blumhouse movies. Because sometimes Blumhouse movies can be a bit heavy. And it's nice to know that they can do these kind of, like, really fun, like, 90s, 80s throwbacks that are good and not, you know, Fantasy Island or Truth or Dare. Um, you know, I would happily watch another freaky movie. I'd watch a happy Death Day freaky crossover because I love Tree, I love Millie, I love, like, all the characters involved in both films. And I'm just really happy to see, like, original horror, like, coming back. And especially slashes because slashes are always fun. <sighs> Um, so yeah, for that, I'm giving it a five out of five because I fucking love this movie. Um, those are our thoughts on Freaky. I'm very, very happy to say that Lee liked this movie. Do you know what my brain just went? Do you know what I really want from a film? What? Millie, Tree, Grace. Hmm. Could you imagine the sheer fucking chaos of the three of yeah. them? Mate, they should get them all in a screen movie. They should I be... just want Samara Weaving to be in everything, to Mate, Samara Weaving, Jessica Roth and... Catherine Newton play sisters. I literally just want I'm, in a movie. I literally want Samara Weaving to be in everything. No, Margot Robbie and Samara Weaving need to play sisters in a movie. Let's be honest. I'm surprised Margot Robbie's not playing one of the uh, Samara Weaving's not playing one of the Barbie variants in the Barbie movie because they look so similar. Yeah, and they're both Australian. Uh huh. Anyway, we're not talking about Margot. We're not talking about Samara. We're talking about Creaky. I mean, I'm so, always talking about Samara, but it's fine. Those were our thoughts on three key. Three key? Three key. Who, who am I? That's what they should call the third one. Three, three key. key. Um, C, C, C key is a sequel. Sequel. Um, three cool. Three cool. Three key. Um, yeah, so that's what our thoughts on Three Key. Join us next week as we will be looking at James Wan's 2013 movie, The Conjuring. Oh, Jesus. And that is how we will be uh, closing out July. Uh, if you haven't checked it out yet, we did drop an episode on Friday, cross and stream episode on Superhost. I hope you guys, if you checked it out, you enjoyed it. If not, Go back and check that out. It's a nice little short episode for you guys to tide you over. Uh, we are off to see Heim in a couple of days. So mm-hmm. we we might tell you all about our London adventures in next week's episode. Probably not because we're going to record it before we go to London. Um, but yeah, join us next week, as I say, for The Conjuring. And then uh, we will be back in August for our Wes Craven Appreciation Month. Um, as always, find us on social media as Pod on Twitter. So I'm a horror fan on Instagram and Tumblr. And we will be back next week. Take care of yourselves, guys. Stay spooky. Stay safe. Bye. Bye.